Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2021. You guys, we did it. 2020 is in the rear view mirror. 2021 is in the front view. And I don't know about you, but I sure am hoping that 2021 is a little bit kinder and gentler than 2020 was. I know a lot of us are coming into the new year having just a sense of being fatigued or tired of stress, of loss. Some of us maybe just the unending cancellations we've been through in the past year. Maybe it's what feels like endless restrictions during this time. Now there's a lot that's still unknown as we go into 2021, but the next few weeks, we're gonna start a new series and we're gonna talk about how can we live in uncertain times with a sense of hope for endless possibilities in the new year. We're gonna ask what is it that we can do in a year when we've been told so many times what we can't do, what is it that we can do with God's help to help us live life with endless possibilities. You know, in 2020, I felt like I had a couple God moments where God spoke to me. He was usually on my back patio over a cup of coffee with my Bible opened up in my journal, and he didn't speak to me audibly. It was more like a thought or a strong impression. I felt like God in 2020, a couple times, gave me an epiphany. Now, some of you might be sitting on your couch thinking, an epiphal what? It's not a word that we use very often, but an epiphany is a revelation. It's an idea that comes into your head. It's something, it's a thought that is revolutionary, something that maybe was confused before, but now it's become clear. It's almost like when you have it, you think to yourself, it, the lights go on and you say, I've had an epiphany. Well, epiphany is not just a revelation. It's actually a day on the church calendar a lot of traditions, a lot of Christian traditions celebrate it, and it's called the Day of Epiphany. It's on the 12th day of Christmas on January 6th, and it's traditionally when the wise men came and they visited Jesus, presenting the, him with their three gifts. Say it with me, you know it, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, this visit of the wise men with Jesus, it's an iconic moment in the Christmas story. It's been put to song, it's memorialized in nativity scenes, and it's been reenacted in preschool Christmas plays every December for tons of years. How many of you have seen a preschool Christmas play? I've seen dozens. I have three kids, I have 40 nieces and nephews, 40 plus nieces and nephews. I'm a veteran of preschool Christmas plays. And the one thing you can be assured of in a preschool Christmas play is this, it's never gonna go as planned because there's always that one kid who goes rogue at some time in the performance and he just does whatever he wants and he steals the show. Sir Edmund Robinson, a British, man who was very important in education in the UK, he tells a famous story about his son's preschool play. The play was going perfect right up until the wise men entered the stage. And the wise men walked on and see, they got it a little bit out of order. The first wise man got it just right. And he presented his gift to Jesus and laid it at his feet. And he said, I bring you gold. The second wise man, he's the one who got out of order. And he stepped forward out of his turn and he set his gift at the feet of Jesus and said, I bring you myrrh. The third wise man, who's a little bit ticked at his friend who went before him, 
kind of just threw his gift at the feet of Jesus and he said, Frank sent this. You get it? Frank sent this. Frankincense? It must have brought down the house. I still can't read frankincense in the account of the three wise men and not start to have a chuckle. Well, like the Christmas play that didn't quite go right, they didn't quite get the story right, um, over time, this encounter with the wise man, we've actually romanticized it and we don't get it quite right. We've added some things to the events. So let's take a look at what really happened. This is from Matthew's account of the life of Jesus, chapter two, starting with verse one. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. Notice it says about that time. It doesn't say the time Jesus was born. Actually, this was sometime after it. And look, notice that it says some wise men, not three wise men. Well, they were asking, where is this newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. Now the actual word that we get wise men from is the Greek word magi. And magi is where we get the English word magician or magic. These wise men or magi were actually astrologers. They believed if they searched the heavens, the movement of the planets and stars, that those movements contains messages to us about the future. They actually took astronomy, mathematics, they took uh, philosophy and religion, and they combined them all to try to predict the future, to decipher these messages in the heavens. The other thing to kind of keep in mind is that the Magi were despised by the Romans and the Jews. Remember during the Christmas story, we talked about how the shepherds were kind of the furthest out, that they weren't respected. The Magi were actually a step or two below the shepherds in the pecking order. Now for us today though, these wise men are actually going to be a model of how we should live our lives. They are gonna push us to ask some pivotal questions and for us to get key answers that will allow us to live with a endless possibility mindset in 2021. Now the first question that they push us to ask is this, will I make myself available and open to God in his surprises. Will I make myself available and open to God in his surprises in 2021? Now notice how the Magi do this. First in the passage, you can see that they're curious. They're asking big questions. They're paying attention to what's going on in the world around them. They're asking questions about life. They're asking questions about God and life with God. The second thing that they do to make themselves available to God is this, they're humble. Notice that they come and they ask questions. They don't have to be the experts. They don't have to be know-it-alls, if you will. And also notice that they explicitly say that they have come to worship this new king. You know, it's hard to worship God when your heart is full of pride. These guys were humble. And thirdly, they opened up and made themselves available to God by intensely searching for Jesus. These guys were on a mission. When was the last time you were searching for something? When was the last time you were searching for someone? I found myself one time in an actual search and rescue mission. 
I was working at a camp in New York and a camper went missing. And we were searching hundreds of acres of thick forest around this camp for a camper named, get this, Wawa. That's right, that was his name, Wawa. All right, and it wasn't only this guy's name, but Wawa is actually a chain of convenience stores like upscale 7-Elevens. And in the Northeast, you would love yourself some Wawa. So I found myself in the woods that night with a flashlight wandering along. And periodically, you guys, I had to yell out, Wawa, Wawa. You guys, I felt so ridiculous doing that. And also every time I had yelled his name, because I'd skipped dinner to go on this search, I actually started to crave hazelnut coffee and a microwave burrito, which was my standard fare when I visited Wawa. But my ridiculousness, the ridiculousness that I felt and my hunger, they all went away pretty quickly because I had to intensely pay attention for every shadow, movement, or sound in the woods looking for this camper. After a couple of hours, we got the radio call that we all wanted. Wawa had been found. He wasn't lost in the woods. He had actually wandered into the wrong room, found an open buck, and just gone to sleep. Now, the point isn't Wawa's poor directions or my poor choices in meals or nutrition when I visited Wawa. The point is, is that when you're looking for somebody, you're searching with them with a laser focus with intensity, a sense of mission. And Jesus talked about how we should search for God in Matthew 6, 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Notice the intensity of this verse. It says, give your entire attention to God right now. Don't be distracted by things you don't have control of. What if we chose to give our best energy and time to seeking Jesus in 2021? What if you and I were on a mission to be more connected to him? It might mean rearranging our schedules. It might mean rearranging our routines. It might mean cultivating a holy curiosity or some humility in our lives. One of the epiphanies I had this summer on the back patio was this. I felt like God said to me, Bob, focus only on the things that you have control of and don't focus on the things that you have no control of. You and I have complete control of what we focus our hearts and our minds on in 2021. And I think Jesus will take our challenges and turn them into opportunities when he has our full attention. Question number two for us. Do I need to offer a fresh commitment to God? Do I need to offer a fresh commitment to God? Now, I want you to notice the difference here between the Magi and these religious experts that they're interacting with. King Herod called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. Here they're referring to the prophet Micah. 
And Micah had made a prediction, a prophecy, 700 years before this moment. And they said, the prophet Micah said this, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for all my people Israel. Now these priests or teachers of the law, they're kind of like pastors or Bible scholars or serious churchgoers today. They had a vast knowledge of what now would be our Old Testament, as well as they knew a ton about the history of the people of God, as well as their traditions. And they definitively answer Herod and the Magi's question about where the Messiah was to be born. These guys nailed it. But all the information they had in their head didn't lead to transformation in their heart. You could say they were all head and no heart because they seemed to have lost any curiosity about what God might be doing around them. They show literally no interest in the Magi's inquiry about the birth of the Messiah and that he might possibly be in Bethlehem. They also have a sense of spiritual arrogance about them. It's almost like they aren't even open to the possibility that these foreigners would have the remotest, remotest clue about what God was doing. See, there was no more God surprises for these guys. They had God all figured out. The crazy thing is, the ironic thing is, is that the Messiah was right under their noses, six miles away in Bethlehem. Now the Magi, on the other hand, these guys hadn't only made themselves available to God, these guys had made a commitment to finding Jesus. They had left their country, they had left their home, they had left their family, everything that was comfortable and secure, they left it behind. And scholars say that these guys traveled at least several hundred miles on camel or by foot just to get to Jerusalem. And remember, when they started this journey, they had no idea how it was going to turn out. Are we willing to get uncomfortable this year and commit ourselves afresh to God, to get out of our comfort zones, to change our routine in a way that maybe would intensify our faith or maybe upset what has become comfortable religion for us. Making ourselves available to God is the first step, but the second step is always taking a step of commitment. My wife, Roz and I, when we first met, I mean, I thought she was just beautiful and we found out pretty quickly that we were both available. We were both single, but our relationship didn't progress until I made that commitment, took action to ask her out on that first date. And our relationship progressed forward and it was a series of small and large commitments over the year, over the years. There was the commitment to ask her out on the date, there was that moment of commitment when I reached down to hold her hands when I was on a walk with her. That was, there was that moment of commitment where I leaned in for that first kiss. Then when I asked her to marry me and the commitment we made in our vows when we married each other. In a series of small, small commitments over the years to pursue God, to pursue each other and stay connected for better or for worse. See, 
Commitment is the foundation of any good relationship. It's where the good stuff happens. And the same is true in our relationship with Jesus. What commitment do you or I need to make to jumpstart our faith in 2021? That's a question worth asking. And that's a question worth carving some time out in your schedule to get some answers. Now, all of this has implications for how we live our life. In your notes, it says implications for gospel living. Gospel means good news. So what are the implications for good news living? How many of you know that our lives are supposed to be good news to the people that we live around? And not just good news, it's supposed to reveal the good news of Jesus. So here are four things, four implications for gospel living. First is this, the epiphany. All people people are welcome and invited in through Jesus. Remember the Magi were despised by the Romans and the Jews. And no serious pastor or Bible scholar of that day could have imagined that the Messiah would have invited the Magi into their home, let alone into their kingdom or their tribe. In the epiphany that's happening on January 6th, the visit of the wise wise men, the light that's going on is this, is that all nations are being given access to God through Jesus Christ. Each one of us is represented by the Magi. This was an epiphany. The lights went on. And we have to keep that front and center if we want to live good news in 2021. The second point is a little bit like the first. It's draw circles and not lines. See, these same people who had missed the Messiah right underneath their nose, they had and developed some spiritual arrogance. And they became self-appointed experts about who was in and who was out with God. These guys would draw lines in the sand with people like the Magi, and they would say, hey, you're out with me and you're out with God. I don't know about you, but I saw a lot of line drawing in 2020. In fact, I got to confess, I got caught up in it a little bit. And sometimes people drew lines with me. They drew lines in the sound and they said, Bob, if that's what you believe, then you're out. Sometimes they drew lines in the sand and they said, I'm out. And sometimes they drew lines in the sand just to say, Bob, if that's what you believe, you're just plain stupid. Well, in 2021, I think Jesus wants us to take seriously the idea of drawing circles around people instead of lines. In Matthew 5.44, he explicitly tells his disciples that they are to love and to pray for their enemies. So I'm committed in 2021 to drawing more circles and a whole lot fewer lines. I'm also committed that when somebody draws a line in front of me, I'm going to step over it and I'm gonna draw a circle around them anyway. I hope that you'll join me in that commitment. The third implication is this, pay attention to what you worship. Let's pick up the narrative in verse nine. After this interview with Herod, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy, exclamation mark. These guys were like kids at Christmas as they see the presents under the tree. And they entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. And then they opened up their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It's interesting that these three gifts are never mentioned again in the Bible. And that's because it's not about the gifts that we bring to Jesus. It's about the gift that God gave us in Jesus. And notice that the Magi worship this Jesus, King Jesus. You know, in Romans 12, Paul talks about what it means to worship. And he doesn't talk about singing songs at a weekend service. What he talks about is what we are building our life on and what we're living our life for. We are to live our lives with Jesus in his rightful place at the center of our lives and as our foundation. We're to love Jesus first. We all have this inclination though to love other people and other things and build their, our lives on them. Often they're the things that we're holding on to really tightly that we don't want to lose. Or maybe we're holding on to them tightly because we want to control them. But a strange thing happens when we hold tightly to things other than Jesus. Those very things that we're holding tightly to actually begin to get a grip on us. And in some cases, those things actually put us in their death grip. Does anything have you in its grip as you go into 2021? That's a question worth asking. Now, the good news, if it does, is that we can do what the Magi did. We can kneel down. We can worship King Jesus. And as we worship, he will give us the trust and the strength to release what we've been holding on to tight, so tightly to, and he will also begin to release the grip of whatever has hold of us. We need to be mindful of what we're worshiping in 2021 if we want to have good news living. Lastly is this, be an epiphany in 2021. As Christ followers, we're meant to be living, breathing revelations of good news to our community, to our families, to our coworkers. And we don't have to get it perfect. God will take our kind of limited availability, our half-hearted commitments, and he will use them for his purposes in our lives and around us. Just like the Magi, who have become iconic symbols in the Christmas story, but also a symbol that everybody has a circle drawn around them by God and has access to God through Jesus Christ. They did this by having a holy curiosity. They did this by being humble. They did this by searching relentlessly for Jesus. And we should do the same. And if we do the same, God will do the same thing with us that he did with these magi. He will transform us into living, breathing epiphanies of his three gifts to us, his love, his grace, and his forgiveness. And as we receive those more and more, 
we will spread them generously to the people that God puts into our path. And your life and mine will be full of endless possibilities. And not only that, as we spread God's love, his grace and his forgiveness to others, their life will be full of endless possibilities as well. I'd like to conclude our time by saying a couple prayers. First, for those of you who said yes to Jesus today for the first time, or maybe you took that next step of faith and you made a commitment to be more available in 2021 to God. I'm gonna pray this prayer. The words are gonna be on the screen and I'd ask that you pray with me out loud at home or in your own heart. Let's pray. Jesus, I make myself available to you in this moment. I ask that it would lead to a greater movement of you in my life. I confess that I need you and that you are the answer to my deepest needs. You loved me enough to die for me and I love you back now the best that I know how. Take what I bring to you, use it for your purposes. I want to know you more in the days and weeks ahead. And now a prayer for all of us at Timberline Church. A prayer to start 2021 together. Would you pray it with me? Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray together now at the start of the year, and we ask that you would make it a year of endless possibilities. We pray that the challenges we face will become opportunities as we fix our hearts and minds on you. Help us to be available to you, undistracted by things that we can't control. Protect us from spiritual arrogance or self-righteousness. Help us to be open to your God-sized surprises and revelations. We pray that we will be a church of men and women who are curious, humble, and on a mission to know you deeply in 2021. We ask for a profound movement of your Holy Spirit in us through us and around us. And we commit afresh to you this day to be good news living to those around us, to draw circles and step across lines, distributing your love, your grace, and your forgiveness generously. Make us living, breathing epiphanies and draw people to you for your glory in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, you guys, thanks for joining us. Happy 2021. And don't forget, Frank sent this. <laughs>